So, last week I think was Kali Puja. We didn't have class, I think. Yeah, last Saturday was the Saturday? Last Saturday. Shama Kali Puja. A lot happened since last Saturday. And tonight, or today, is Skanda Shasti. That's why on the shrine today we have a beautiful murti of Muruga, Skanda, Kartikeya. Um, and so since last night and today, so many, so many, so many extra mantras and prayers have been chanted. I think tomorrow is his wedding. He gets married tomorrow. Devasena, I think. Right? To both of them? To both of them? They get both married to both of them? To Bali and Devasena, I think. Tomorrow his wedding. <coughs> so very auspicious. And actually, even the whole month is, is named after him. It's Kartik. So it's uh, on this day, so many of his holidays. On this month, so many of his holidays are there. <coughs> so, picking up where we left off on the Kali Sahasranama, we are on verse 28. Uh, uh, <laughs> that means, uh, well, name 202 of. Appropriately named one thousand one thousand and so I'll just I'll recite the uh, the full verse. Aparna nishchalalula sarva vijja tapasvini Ganga Kashi Shachi Shachi Sita Sati Satya Parayana. So last couple uh, this meetings we talked about the Ganga and Kashi. This is where I talked last week on Kashi, and. Kashi is the name of, of course, a holy city, but we, we filled an hour and a half discussion on the glories of Kashi. And we mentioned at the end of that, that why is Kashi listed as a name? Of course, we know the glories of Kashi and Ganga like that, but why is it a name of Kali? Right? That, you know, that there has to be some, and then we brought up some less known uh, Leela of how um, Shiva loves, was kicked, he had to leave Kashi for a long time, had to renounce Kashi, but he longed for Kashi like the same way he longed for his spouse. So Kashi itself is shown in that story to be a manifestation of, of the Divine Mother herself. And so there's a very nice connection. <clears throat> so the next three names, exactly four names, I think we can probably finish four names in this. My idea is these four names. It's always my idea. I sometimes I get one name into it, like Kashi. Last, last meeting, I was supposed to do Kashi and these four names, so I only got Kashi. So. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. <clears throat> but the, the, the three, it's very nice because we mentioned in the Kali Sasanama, there's a lot of clusters of names. And, and the, I think the clusters have some why the names are clustered together. And, and sometimes like Ganga, Kashi, that you know, that makes sense that these names are put together. Um, and then a lot of other Aparna and Parvati and, and um, uh, um, 
the previous name, Tapasvini, Nishchala, these are all names of Parvati and her Leela is doing Tapasya to get Shiva as her husband. So that made sense. So you have these three names. Shachi, um, Sita, and Sati. Right, so they have a similar sound. And then the final name in the, in, in the group is Satya Parayana, which I'm hopefully be able to close it up with that name. So Shachi, Sita, and Sati are three distinct goddesses. Right? They're, the, they're the consorts or the spouses of three distinct gods. Right? And so, but these are not, this is not a list of, this is not the thousand names of various gods and goddesses. It's not the name of the hymn. It's a Kali Sasanama, right? These are all names of Kali. So in the development of this type of literature, you could see that we've mentioned this before, is that what's being developed is this idea of the Mahadevi, where although there's many god goddesses, right, there's actually they're they're all the goddess, or aspects of the goddess, or are qualities of the goddess, or incarnations of the goddess, manifestations of the goddess. And sometimes it's obvious, you know, it's like and there's a group of names that she holds a sword, she holds a severed head, she who stands on Shiva, she who lives in cremation ground, she who has a long tongue. You know, those are obviously describing the classical form of Kali, right? But then you have uh, she who is Sita, and she who is Sati, and she who is Shachi. Those are, seem almost unrelated. You know, they're, they're not, these are not, they're not the normal form, they're not forms that Kali in the stories. They're not, they're not names of Kali generally, right? They're names of other goddesses. Uh, but in this listing, it's, it's showing that they're, the, they're, they're seen as all names of the goddess. And more than that, in the Kali Sasanama, Kali is being associated with the goddess. She is the goddess, the Mahadevi, th that manifests all, uh, to not only has her distinct leelas and forms and names and qualities associated with the Kali, but She's all names, all for all the different goddesses and, 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 and their shaktis and their qualities. Remember, some months back, we were talking even seemingly minor, almost forgotten form, you know, like apsadas and dakinis and yoginis and uh, uh, kinadas and, and um, what were the other ones? We had not, all kinds of these, you know, they, they, I guess in the Western tradition, we have to be careful, it's like, uh, fairies and elves and gnomes and leprechauns and all these different categories of kind of divine uh, being and these are not usually seen as forms of Kali. these aren't Kali's rupas right but they are every every in a certain sense everything is Kali's form is a form of, of the Mahadevi uh, but specifically going through all these famous uh, at one time really famous because one time Naga worship Jai Ma welcome back <laughs> <clears throat> Those watching online, you have to guess who just came back after a many months trip. <laughs> nice and tanned from a warmer, from a warmer climate. <laughs> Is it there? No. Or here? Yeah. <laughs> like that. So. So we have to let, we can go through and we have to see the, the nature of the goddesses that are mentioned, Shachi, Sita, and Sati, and because just thinking by rotating the different the different forms of uh, different goddesses, the different forms and names and, and gunas of the goddess Kali, 
and the different goddesses, this is auspicious to the mind. We're, we're called to think about the, uh, uh, these forms. But then we also have to think that is it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so Shachi Shachi uh, this is a name this is a very um, the name for Indra's wife right and Indra the king of heaven right and Actually, whenever I say Indra is the king of heaven, or Indra is the king of the gods, maybe close the door, perhaps. Sir. You say Indra is the king of the gods. What is we we mean by that? Indra has not. Uh, Indra's calling. <laughs> Indra's gotten a bad rap the last couple thousand years actually right like one time actually it's an interesting thing at one time Indra was very popular right now you know he was like there's more hymns in the Vedas to Indra than any other uh, uh, deity um, um, uh, his position he was the main worship deity and you can see and he's very important he's even the way he's come down to us he's a god of, of weather of the atmosphere of rain and you can see that's kind of important Especially, uh, we are so disconnected from these things. I can't say, oh, now we, we no longer depend. We're 100% dependent, as you can see. <laughs> California's burning because the rains are two weeks late, you know, uh, 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 after, after a, a warm summer. So we're definitely dependent on rain. Uh, uh, and so the god of rain is very important, but he's not just a god of rain. In the Vedas, he's a god of rain. But, and, and then as his personality develops, he becomes the king of the gods, the, the god of gods in a certain sense. Um, but then what happens is an interesting thing in if, if most of us have like, you know, if we watched like the TV dramas like Devankidev Mahadev and the Mahabharata and the, or, you know, they, some of these, Indra always is, doesn't always look good in the stories. And the, <laughs> the Puranas, Indra is, he's egotistical. He's a symbol of the ego because actually he's the leader, the controller, the, the king. Uh, and he takes himself very seriously and he thinks he's God. Right, and on most of the stories, he's not a god. Right, like just not yesterday or day before yesterday, we celebrated, or last couple of days ago, we celebrated um, Govardhan Puja. Right, this is the the day after Diwali, and in the story, in the ancient times of the story, there's it's in the in the Bhagavatam, and where the uh, the the yearly the cow herders dependent on rains, obviously, for their for their grasses, for their cows and their milk, they were going to do a puja to Indra. Right, that's showing that maybe Diwali used to be an Indra puja. You, know, you can see it; these things have migrated considerably, and so they're going to do a big yajna for Indra. And then, so the story goes: little Krishna says, you know, at six or seven years old, there he has very uh, um, uh, convincing argument: that what does Indra have to do with anything? Right, you know, so we don't need; we're not getting anything from Indra. We're getting things. Actually, the cows are giving the reason. The reason um, uh, the are, the grasses grow that the cows can eat is because of cow dung. And the cows are providing cow dung. Right? Of course, rain's also required, but anyway, this is the way the argument's going. <laughs> and, uh, and actually, so better we just worship the cows. And actually, that hill, Gorvadana means the hill of Govar. Govar means cow dung. It's a, it's a cow poop covered mountain. That's what Gorvadana means, in case you're wondering how to we're like that. Here <laughs> and so there's a mountain where, where our cows graze, and that's always covered. And so the mountain of cow dung 
or covered in cow dung. Cow dung is actually where we're getting everything. We cook our food on cow dung. We get of our we get we nourish our fields with cow dung. If there's, of course, uh, 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 the grasses come because of cow dung, right? Uh, um, therefore, better we just worship the cow dung, the hill, the mountain that uh, uh, of cow dung and and the cow, right? And so, <clears throat> so they do like this, and in the classic style, Indra like what? <laughs> I'm not being worshipped because if Indra is God, he definitely he's definitely not God. He definitely thinks he's very important, right? In the story. And so he says, I'll show you. And then he begins to drown. Of course, this is not the first time the, the angry God decides to drown them out when they, these people disobey him, right? So they, he sends days of rain, and the story goes, Krishna lifts up the mountain with his pinky, left his left hand, and holds it up for so many days. And Indra, like, oh my God, well, he must not be a normal little boy. I don't know who he is, but he's very, he's, he's, I can't drown the inhabitants. I'm trying to drown the world, and this little boy is lifting up a mountain like an umbrella. So the story goes, very charming, beautiful story. It's one of my favorite holidays, the season, the Gopuja and Gorbadam Puja are very, very important. Right. <clears throat> so if we, if we have to be careful how, how we do it, but there is an anthropological uh, reality of the way these stories are being developed. This is a big transition from Indra worship to a new, a new cult, not using the word cult in a pejorative sense, right? Uh, uh, this Vasudev Krishna that, that we can even see historically when his worship began to be, become more popular and um, and so you have to in a certain sense either it happens actually or I'm not, saying, well, I'm not saying that Krishna didn't lift up a mountain and didn't humiliate Indra and Indra realized he's definitely not God Krishna's God you know that definitely happened <laughs> but also simultaneously true that this also uh, these texts and stories came during a transition in religious culture where, when the worship of the of the old pantheon, the Vedic pantheon, got replaced by a Puranic pantheon, right? You know, like like Vishnu and Shiva and Brahma, and 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 their incarnations, right? Became more important than Indra and Varuna and 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 um, Agni and and, and the, like the the, the the we consider like the Vedic gods. So the Vedic gods are still there. But they're they have to know they're they're no longer the focus, right? Same thing was Krishna dancing on humiliating Kaliya, the serpent, right? Where you know that that, that could be seen. You know, I we also have Kaliya. We have in our courtyard a beautiful murti of Krishna uh, dancing on the hoods of Kaliya, humbling the snake Kaliya, right? This could also be actually at the time snake actually Naga worship was much more. We talked about Naga worship a while back, right? Naga worship was way more important than we can imagine it now with. Hinduism and Vedanta and Puranas and the way they are now, the way that we think our Hindu thoughts now are different than they were a thousand years ago, five thousand years ago, seven thousand years ago, right? <clears throat> so it's interesting. So, anyways, uh, Indra is at one time was really important. That's the main thing, right? And his Shakti is also very important, right? Who is his wife? And what's his? And so Shachi, I have a heart for that. The right S S H, the uh, Shachi, also another names of Indrani, the wife of Indra. There's other names you can you can give her. Excuse me. <clears throat> Mahendri is another name in the Chandi, Aindri in the Chandi, Mahendri, Mahaindri, these different words like that. And so Shachi, it's interesting because she's very important, right? Uh, there's a story how she how she becomes a wife of Indra, and what's her qualities and nature. And these are very important, but there's, it's also really important of her, what her name means, and what, um, what her inclusion, her connection with Indra as her as, 
as the primary consort. This is as, mo as scholars are looking at these things. I'm presenting um, uh, what is the important move. It's a very important move for Shaktism in general. Even though she's not, Indra is not primary, his Shakti is barely, it's one of the Matrikas, so she's still included in our pujas and like that. In the Chandi, she's a Matrika, but this, her inclusion as a spouse of Indra is very important. We'll see it in, in Tantra in general, in Shaktism especially. So it comes, the, the, the Shachi comes from the same root as Shakti, right? So it's another way of saying Shakti, right? It's a derivative of the same root or, uh, uh, uh. so Shachi means Shakti. So what Shakti means, energy means power, right? But Shakti in this sense, in, in, the, in the, um, the period where she, her, her stories and predominance and this name becomes popular, Shakti is connected with this idea of Shakti and Shaktiman, right? You have Shakti is, is energy and Shaktiman, the controller, the energetic, the one who's energetic, right? And Shakti, as we know, grammatically is a feminine word and Shaktiman is a masculine word. So you can see there's a gendered, and in Sanskrit and Hinduism is a very gendered, everything is has a, it's in a gendered world, right? Um, so Shakti becomes the, the energy and, and the one who can, and then there's somebody whose energy it is, right? The, 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 the energy and the energetic, right? So you can see this, is, this becomes power and the powerful, the power and the wielder of power. Right, and you can see this is this is usually what we what happens when you have like Shiva and Shakti, Shiva and Parvati, Vishnu and and Lakshmi, right? You have you have Vishnu's God, and Lakshmi is his energy that he controls. It's his energy, right? The so we can we can trace this idea a lot. It's been traced. Let me put it that way. It's been traced to the 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 um, raising of Shachi as a, a, a as an important goddess connected to Indra. Because Indra in the stories has many wives, many Shaktis, right? Uh, um, uh, but now she becomes the primary, the most important. So now you have, with this elevation, you can say we can perhaps use that language. Now you have there's a primary Shakti. Out of all the in in the in the stories, is all the wives of of Indra. She becomes the main wife, right? And so already, so you have that you still have somebody that you have Indra. The controller and Indrani, the one controlled, right? But but you but still that one controlled is the primary, the most important. So now we don't have like like Shakti as like the general power of Shiva. Now you have Parvati as the as the personification, the most you know. And then once you have that, then you can we can investigate whether what that Shakti is, and whether she how controlled she actually is, because the the, the problem with the Shakti Shaktiman dichotomy. Right. There's a lot of things. I mean, it's, 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 it's foundational, but it's also when it's worked out, you can see where it can be worked out problematically, where uh, uh, nature becomes something to be controlled by, you know, we're masters of nature, for instance. Right. Uh, so like Kali, right, she's also Shakti, she's one of her names, Shakti, right, she's energy, like, and who's, who's she the Shakti of, right? Shakti is the Shakti of Indra. Right here, both the power, the energy, the wife, the consort, and all those different meanings of it. But Indra is like Kali. If she's a Shakti, anyway, she's of Shiva. In the image, she's standing on Shiva, right? Not sitting like this, like an obedient wife of Shiva, right? So the position has been shown in the in the image, right? Right. So the the question 
in Shaktism especially, because a Shakta, a follower, a worshipper of Shakti, is somebody who gives um, uh, precedent to Shakti. In the, in the dichotomy of Shakti and Shaktiman, you could say there is no powerful without power. To say that oh the that the powerful is important and the power the powerful is the one that yields power, without power there's no powerful, right? Without and so the story you can see the language changes when it comes to Kali and and, and the Shushak tradition. Without Shakti Shiva can't even stir. He becomes Shava, right? He becomes like a corpse, right? So what type of powerful person is without me? You're nothing, right? Rather than you're the one that you're my power, you know, I'm I'm the power. To say to say I'm your power, right? It's the same I'm power. Right, and then you can take that, you can push that a little bit more than in 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 and the theme of the Kali Sahasrama for sure, the school of Tantra that it springs from, is Shakti is Shaktiman. The the powerful is the power is the powerful. There's no difference, right? Even Takrasi Shiva and Shakti are the same. She, you know, it's like they're not they're not two beings. They're one being, right? And so Kali is is she is she is power and she is the powerful. Right. So, anyways, this is the develop. The reason I'm bringing this is a big theological important point, a foundational thing. But a lot of it is considered to start with the with the elevation of Shakti, in as 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 as, a, as an important because if Indra's importance, his spouse or his power, his energy becomes important, and then and then the idea of the primary Shakti and then what that nature is becomes um, uh, begins to develop. It's interesting in early texts before she is connected with Indra, right? She's seen very interesting, like an evil spirit, right? She's considered she's not a, a, a lot of like Sati has a has a precursor before the Ramayana. She has a, um, Sita has a pre, has an existence outside of the Ramayana and pre-Ramayana. So so does uh, uh, Indrani Sachimata. Uh, uh, so she's. Uh, um, uh, and she, she is the daughter of a demon. Let me think. I think I hopefully wrote down the name of the demon. Oh, I forget. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I may have forgotten to write it down. Oh, uh, Paloma, Paloma. Paloma. One of her name is Palomi, uh, the daughter of Paloma. And um, so, in in in, there's a story. Where Indra fights this demon Paloma and he steals this his daughter, right, and joins her into his concubines or harem or into the, into the, like this of his like that. But even though she he killed her father, right, she falls in love with him and accepts him, and they get she becomes the primary wife in the story. That's the way it comes like this, right. Uh, but her nature. In the, in all the in her ancient nature and in the stories developed, she's considered very um, prideful, right? Egotistical, jealous, uh, competitive, right? It's one of her one of her natures. And you can see that's connected. If 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 she's the Shakti of Indra, this is Indra's qualities. So she's Indra's qualities, right? So so without without Indra's qualities of being like. The controller and the leader and the ruler and the ego and all the stories develop where he becomes egotistical and thinks he's really important, right? Those without those qualities, there's no Indra. The qualities make Indra. 
So her, she is Indra's quality. You can see how the development of the Shakti points to the, 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 uh, the qualities like this. In Tantra, she is worshipped as part of the Matrikas. In the Chandi, there is a great battle where um, who is the Shumba against Shumba and Nishumba, right? And his armies that uh, Devi manifests the various uh, um, in the battle, um, the different gods, the Shaktis, the, the forms of the gods come out of the gods and take on feminine forms. So uh, um, in Aindri is the way she's described in, in, the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Chandi. Uh, she 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 looks just like Indra. She rides an elephant. She holds a thunderbolt. She's dressed like him, like the Dinders, um, Vaishnavi, who looks just like Vishnu. She rides Garuda. She has a conch and disc, right? Kastoba gem, the whole thing, right? Um, then then you even have Varahi, uh, looks like who has a form of a of, of a boar. You have Nadashingi, half man, half lion, half should I say half woman, half lion, right? <laughs> half lioness. I don't know. I don't know what to get the line. Get the, I don't know what pronouns she Narashingi like wants to use. <laughs> she has her own. It gets very complicated with the with the with the um, with the um, matrikas, right? Uh, 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 Shiva, then Maheshwari, right? You have all these interesting forms. So they're the forms of the classical male gods. This is very interesting, because we've mentioned this in in our various talks, yearly talks on the Chandi. I think this is really important. Um, in the story, in the in the hymn at the end of the Chandi, when the Narayani Stuti, when the when the gods are praying and glorifying for what she's done, one of the things they say, "Oh, Narashinghi, who great, you who killed the demon Narashinga, right, or Oh Varahi, you who lifted up the the earth on your tusks, right." In the Chandi, Narashinga, Narashinghi doesn't kill Hiranyakashipu. No, it doesn't kill Hiranyakashipu, right? And Varahi does not lift the earth. Varahi, they fight the, the, the army of, of Shumba Nishumba, right? So, with this, so it's not just, so it, what, what that's hidden saying, this is a true Shakta text, right? Is that when Narashinga killed um, Hiranyakashipu, it was his Shakti that did it, mm-hmm. right? It's Narashinghi killed Narashinga in the form of Narashinga. Narashinghi killed Hiranyakashipu in the form of Narashinga. Right, Varahi lifted the earth in the form of Varaha, like this. Right, so the Shakti is again the Shakti is it's not the Narashinghi is not the wife of Narashinga, it's the Shakti of Narashinga. Right, so here even Sachi in a certain sense is not the wife of Indra, it's the Shakti of Indra. You know, is Aindri. Right, so like this. So again, you can see this this uh, development of the Shakti idea and and to be becoming independently important and, and to some all important right the shakti uh, so, so in the matrika she, she, Aindri is there and she's glorified and, and fights like that and even in the Kali Yantra and the Sri Yantra there, her seat is there and there she's connected with the um, actually interesting in the, the because uh, Shachi is, is, is the spouse of Indra it's Aindri, but Aindri in the Chandi, although described like that in, 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 in Tantra, is seen as the Shakti of Bhairava. So it gets even more complicated. So Bhairava, the Ashta Bhairavas have the Ashta Matrikas as their spouse. Right? So Bhairava, Lord Shiva, the fierce form of Shiva, takes on eight forms in the eight directions. Right? I forget which, you know, which 
it's in my in the uh, in the uh, Kali the Kaliantra Mahasa mentioned the Kaliantra Puja. It's there. Um, the Ashtabhairava, actually Bhairava Jayanti is coming up this month, at the end of the month. There's a very important uh, the, uh, celebration of the sphere Swarma Shiva. But his, the, his eight forms, their spouses or Shaktis are the Matrikas. So it's interesting. So is it the, the, the wife or energy or Shakti or strength or consort of Indra? Or is it, you know, here Kali, these are her forms and Kali is always associated with, Vish, with uh, Shiva as Bhairava, interestingly enough. Um, another name, the, uh, uh, what, what this name, uh, Sachi, find it? Bishana. Bishana Bhairava, there's one of the forms, you know which direction? Yeah, north. Where is north? That's north? He's over here, in case you're wondering. <laughs> Bishana Bhairava and... and, and and um, uh, at north, this is no, this is east, south, west, north, north. <laughs> interesting enough, because in, interesting Indra in the in the directions is towards the east. So his his Shakti shows that she's not only his Shakti. That she's transcend. She was an ancient. She was seen as a as as a daughter of a demonic spirit at one time. Was elevated. To, uh, in the stories as a spouse of, 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 of Indra, that, that caused the elevation of the very idea of Shakti and Shaktiman, right? And, and now she's transcended even connections to Indra. Now she's connected to Bhairava, she sits in a different direction, that she doesn't even sit near Indra. There's a couple people in between them and directions. <laughs> very interesting the, the development of these ideas. And that's important to think, we try to find a systematic interpretive tools and to understand all the all the stories and all the deities there i don't think there is such a system right that they, they all developed in their own way and inter interact with each other and 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 inf influence each other so uh, sachi so the next name is sita sita is a little more we know more about sita uh, um Anybody know what Sita means? Shachi means energy. Oh, also, it also means also. Sorry, it also means eloquence, right? It also means grace, right? So this is another quality. You can see how these developed these beautiful ideas. But anyway, so what does Sita mean? She came from the earth. She came from the earth. It's close. Furrow. Furrow. Uh, furrow or burrow. That's right. So like when you like when you plow a field, that furrow is called Sita, right? And of course we know. There's a story of how she was, why she got that name. This is the spouse of Lord Ram, Lord Rama, um, uh, um, and so in this, in the Ramayana, she's considered an incarnation, in, well, mysterious who Rama and therefore even more mysterious who Sita is. But in the later development, was when Rama is Vishnu, well, clearly Vishnu, Sita is Lakshmi, incarnation of Lakshmi. But she has a the name and the deity has a precursor in a more ancient. Uh, She's mentioned in um, uh, uh, even in Rig Veda, in the Rig Veda and other Vedic mantras, right? And there she's equated with a form of goddess of Mother Earth. So she's a form of the Earth Mother, right? And she's uh, associated with fertility, with crops, with farming, this type of uh, uh, connection. So I'll mention a few um, uh, references different uh, less known that we know Ramayana most people here know we'll tell the story a little bit for the sake of completion but there's most people already know the story of Sita and Ram and 
their forest being being sent to the forest and coming back and being exiled and the fire. We we know those stories. Uh, so there's stories you probably you don't, probably don't know about where this the the ancient form of Sita uh, comes, and the Kaushika Sutra. Sita is the wife, not of Ram, not of Vishnu. Like I said, they they've migrated. These deities have migrated, right? Uh, the god of um, Parjanya, which is an ancient god of rain. So there, it's a more actually more associated with Indra, interestingly enough, right? So. Um, and she was a mother, considered the mother of the gods, mortals, creatures, and she is invoked for growth and prosperity. You know, it's like a, a fertility, earth-centric type of goddess. And you can see she's associated with the god of rain, and so they already have something about earth and rain, and that's a major theme, right? Because earth and rain together creates fertility and prosperity and growth like this, right? That's going to be a theme in all the Sita uh, things. In Parash, uh, Paraskara Sutra, Sita is, again here more explicitly, the, the, wife, <laughs> the wife of Indra. Right? So here is, is Indra's wife is not Sachi, it's Sita, right? in, in some texts, right? in uh, Paraskara, Paraskara Sutra. Uh, and she was offered, in the Yajyas, she was offered um, cooked rice in order to get blessings of prosperity. Actually, you see, usually we offer uncooked rice to the fires. But there's a tradition of offering cooked rice. You, you, uh, uh, sometimes we'll do it, especially for the moon. And it's, it's also a very similar way in bringing soma down. You offer cooked rice to the fire. We don't do it that often. There's some pujas that we haven't done it in a long time. Uh, rice and cooked rice and, and barley. The vaja sanei samhita, right? She is invoked by drawing furrows, four furrows at the in the place of sacrifice. So before a sacrifice is started, you, just because you, what's a sacrifice? A sacrifice is interaction between the gods and, and the world, right? The way a sacrifice would be done. And so in a certain sense, when you burrow a field or furrow a field, burrow, I don't know what the right word is, um, is you're doing, but when you're doing a sacrifice, it's the same thing. And also when we do our, our Vedic, when we do our Homa, we're, we're doing the very time we draw a yantra. But there's a way of doing it where you draw a line this way, and you draw four lines this way. There's a, with a special weapon, with a special blade. And you're basically, you're creating, your, your, these, this, this drawing of these lines is, was her part of the puja right, in, in, the, in, in, in this text. And that is creating, that, that's creating uh, like the original Purusha Shukta sacrifice, or, or where the 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 being of of the world itself is is separated into into different parts and you know it's references to that we don't we have the mantras for it but that's not our style of, of homa so I've only I've only done that once or twice years ago when very specific homas had to be done where we drew those special uh, special uh, mandalas but um, that's that's how she her, the drawing the cutting of the earth the drawing with a knife with a blade uh, to to uh, to create the field of sacrifice and therefore the field of prosperity and harvest is Sita, right? The Harivamsa Purana, that's a very famous devotional text, right? She is, Sita is said to be a form of Arya. Arya is uh, um, early name for the, for the earth, Mother Earth. So it's, again, these are just to show you that these are names of the earth. And a lot of, because Sita means this plowing, that combination of not just the earth, it's the earth in 
abundant in in in, in not fertility is not the right word. Um, uh, you get crops, and I forget. I lost the word. Uh, <clears throat> but you see, so that's a very, it's an interesting idea that that this is also it's the it's the play between the the her husband in both these in these stories is Indra, or an early or even earlier rain deity, right? So it's a combination between earth and sky, right? That combination, or and here the male and the female, right? Man or man and nature, or God and man. There's all these ways you can separate this kind of like this, and the plow it's it 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 in 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 injects it creates a situation and injects a seed. You can see this is this, this uh, uh, um, uh, birth type symbolism, right? But also, it also implies also um, a uh, this combination between between earth and sky, or man and nature, or man and woman, and all those type of stuff. Is here, it's done ritualistically, like like that 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 create like that carving of these lines. It's not done violently. It's done with mantras, right? When uh, uh, Sita's father is. Janaka. When Janaka, uh, what was he doing? He was plowing. He's a, he's not a farmer. He's a king, right? Why was he plowing? He, this is a rich, even now in, in Vedic times, and even now in certain there's a rituals where the king, with a golden plow, does the first plowing for harvest, right? Because he has to do his part and like and, and and so it's done respectfully. It's a worship of nature, right? While it's while it's in one sense it's your. Uh, 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 it's a recognition that it takes both both nature and man's efforts, human's efforts, right, in order to create abundant crop. Otherwise, the stories say, and the mantras say, that the earth will withhold her; she will not let her treasures out. And there's another in the Bhagavatam. There's a story of King Prithu, Prithu, Prithu Maharaj, and it said the earth became so um, upset with man's with mankind's humankind's uh, behavior towards her. That she closed her womb, right? She would nothing. Seeds would not grow, and waters would not. Uh, springs would not flow. Um, uh, um, uh, gems could not. I mean, all the treasures that we require so much from the earth, right? Not just not just plant life, and and there's the whole thing where Prithu had to. We even got the name for the earth. Is Prithvi is because of his relationship with the earth. He, he had to arrange a situation that, that she would be honored properly so that she would give... we Mankind, we need her blessings. right? With that. And we, the thing is, as you can see, we can force them. We can force ourselves on her, literally. right? But at a certain point, that backfires. It has to be done respect. So this is part of the, the, the worship of Sita in the ancient times was about this type of respectful, worshipful... Um, recognition of how 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 crops and fertility and abundance and 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 agriculture works, right? And so let's bring that to the story of, of Janaka. Janaka is is starting to uh, with his golden uh, trowel to break the earth, and and then somebody says, "Oh, there's a baby there. Careful!" And they see that in within the for the earth, there's so you can see her name is and they name her Sita because she comes from the burrow of the flower for flower. I've lost the word already. What is it? Furrow. Furrow of the earth, right? But also she's the earth goddess. 
So naturally she comes out of the earth. At the end of her life, she also gets reabsorbed into the earth, right? Hmm. So a few things, woman. There's a, a few of her names besides Sita. The most common is Janaki because she's found by Janaka, right? Another one is uh, uh, um, what's one? Vaidehi. So Vaidehi. It's interesting. So Videhi or Vaidehi is his uh, King Janaka. There's of course there's many King Janakas. It's like there's Vyasa. Oh, all the texts written by there's many Vyasas also, right? Historically. Vyasa is a compiler and organizer of scripture, right? But we consider them to be one, like one spirit of Vyasa. So similarly, Janaka, there is so many King Janakas, and they don't like the King Janaka of, uh, but all of them are considered sages, right? Of self knowledge, of great, great knowledge. So one of Janaka's names as Videha is one who is transcendent the body idea. So he was somebody who had no body consciousness as, as a yogi, as a practitioner, as a sage, as a rishi. Right, like King Janak, um, and so his his what his uh, child is the daughter of he who has no body consciousness, which is interesting, because he didn't come from her body, his body. She didn't come from his body, which is also also like she's she's the daughter not of the body. Another thing, she didn't come from her his 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 her uh, adopted parents are not her parents. Right, she came she comes from Mother Earth itself, or she is Mother Earth itself. Right, so that's very interesting that that she comes from Mother Earth, but she is the Earth. So is she born from the Earth, or she gives birth, if to all of you know, we you know she's we're her children, you know, uh, her her parents are her children, and that gets very weird because that theme is mixed into all kinds of stuff in the Sita story. I'm not going to tell the main. Everybody knows the main Sita story, right? I love the main Sita story too, but just to the sake of being different. And filling so there's one interesting um, correct so in the Adbhuta Ramayana right there's other there's we were talking this morning also about the different Ramayanas. We were talking to uh, Nico about this. And there's, of course, we all know there's Valmiki Ramayana. There's Sri Ramakrishna like the Adhyatma Ramayana. That's a very Vedantic, non-dualistic Ramayana, the spiritual Ramayana. We have Tulsidas's uh, Ram Manas Charita, uh, Ram Charita Manas, right? Uh, like this. So these are to become very popular. Um, but there's actually more than 400 existent texts Ramayana. Some of them are Buddhist, some of them are Jain, right? Many of them, there are all kinds of different, different communities. There's some, of course, in Thailand, you, there's so many uh, in Thailand, in, 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 um, in um, Bali, right? There's, they have their own versions of it. In their, and there's a Jain Ramayana where Ram does not kill Ravana because Ram is a Jain master and killing is against, so, Ra, so Lakshman kills Ravana in that story. That would not, so the story is told with a different intention, right? And so there's 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 all and there's unlimited oral uh, renditions and 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 versions of it that have come down through different oral traditions, independent of the written text. But in in um uh, in um <clears throat> in the Devain version, uh, Sangadasha, uh, Sangadasa, he's a Jain writer. He has a version of Ramayana, and in the um, Adbhuta Ramayana, which is a Shakta. Abhuta means 
miraculous or weird, strange, you know, so uh, mysterious, and that's truly mysterious. We mentioned some stories from the from the uh, from the um, uh, that uh, Adbuta Ramayana. But there, it's interesting. So there, Ravana's wife. Now let, let me tell you how we do this. Um, Ravana is astrologers predict that Ravana's daughter will be his cause his death. Hmm. Imagine that you know that, that you you're, you go to the, your Vedic your, your royal astrologer and he says, oh yes, your daughter just born to by your primary wife, she'll be the cause of your death. So he freaks out as he was going to do, and so he didn't uh, uh, just kill her immediately, like you know, but in the, that he wouldn't get a good story, right? So he he abandons her, right, and tells his ministers go bury her in some field, let her drown, let her die. You can see that's even now we people are you know, uh, there was a um, of course a lot of these may be propaganda also, but people like. Not wanting a female child, they put out in the field, and let it die. Mm-hmm. You can see it's, it's that type of thing, but this time not because he, because of the the financial stress that it would cause, and that he was like, she's going to be cause of my death. Put her out in the field and die, right? And then just so happens, not uh, a, a little bit later, Janaka plows the field and pops up and sees little baby. Well, that that means that Sita is Ravana's daughter in that story. So it gets that's a very strange story. Right. A butter in my nuts there. It's it's different from Adhyatmara. Yes, yes, yes. Totally different. <laughs> no, but but you uh, mentioned um, master. He liked the uh, Adhyatmara Ad, 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 Yeah, it's a, a Vedantic type of right. orientation text, you know. Uh, but the Adhyatmara Ramayana has all kinds, and Sita has a very exalted position in the Adhyatmara Ramayana. Actually, I think by saying that Sita is Kali, it directly references to the Adhyatmara Ramayana and the like. Because there, Sita manifests as Kali. So, so it's, it's a, like a shakta. It's a it's a very it's a highly shaktified uh, Ramayana text, right? So she's adopted by Janaka, right? And then eventually, as predicted, Janaka tries to then then Ravana steals Sita, right? And you can see for that horrible sin of trying to to abduct his own daughter, right? Not realize his own daughter that he becomes that becomes the cause of his death. Right, so the so his daughter is the cause of his, her death. Um, uh, uh, Ravana's queen, uh, Mandodari, right? She also, in another version, told the story. She predicted that, or not predicted, almost like she was upset with Ravana. He says, "Our child will be your death." Right, so in that version, so them versions like that, not astrologers, the mother itself wants her dire, because Ravana's, we won't go into many details in the mixed crowd, but Ravana <laughs> can be a little bit of a scoundrel, and, and the, the wife had reasons to, to fight back the way she could, and so she cursed in a certain sense that my da- the, our daughter will be the cause of your death, right, and, and, <clears throat> and destroy your lineage like this. And so uh, Ravana, uh, uh, um, then in that version, Put her in a jeweled box, uh, and 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 put it there, you know, and 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 the same thing. Then then Janaka found it. There's another version. Let's see if I maybe have written it down. The name, Bhamananda, Bhamadala. Bhamadala was a son of Ravana, and uh, and therefore this the brother of Sita, 
right? And he, not knowing who was what, he began. To, he fell in love with Sita, right? He says, "I will. I want to. Marry, I want to steal and marry Sita." Right? You can see that didn't work out. And eventually, when he eventually realized that, when the big revelation that see who Sita was, he he says he became a Jain monk. <laughs> <laughs> of course, Ramayana is supposed to have taken place a long time ago. This is one of the Jain Ramayanas. He became, I read, I, I, this is too, this whole thing is getting ugly. I'm going to be, I'm going to become a Jain. So he became a Jain ascetic. So it's uh, so, uh, interesting that, uh, that, yeah, see, it's very interesting. So we, we so Sita in in in, in the uh, um, when ja when Janaka found Sita, he noticed she had extraordinary strength, right? Like for instance, you know we all know the story that uh, Shiva's bow. Only we pick up you know the story of, of the Swayambara of uh, of Sita that that only he could lift. But actually, the little girl was regularly the reason that came up because she could lift Shiva's bow, right? Cause remember, she's here. She holds the entire. She holds everything. Of course, Vishnu can hold, Vishnu holds the earth, so he can hold. So, but even she can lift a bow, Shiva's bow without any problem. So she was always considered quite amazing and had extraordinary qualities. And then when she, literally a very long story, right? When she uh, she, she marries a, 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 a Lord Ram, um, and of course goes into exile and that whole uh, difficult story. Um, and so she's worship so. Sita becomes the the uh, I don't want to say it, uh, um, the symbol of 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 the sacrificing uh, dutiful wife, right? Very uh, um, where she follows her husband. I mean, there's a, there's 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 dialogues or monologues in in Ramayana where she is describing you know it's like oh without I'm nothing without without Ram I shouldn't even be alive. I mean this type of extreme Ram is my husband is God himself. And of course, she's taken to the theme, right? I know, I know, I know one one person. He says that I was told, a woman. I was told to see my uh, like Sita saw Ram to see my husband as God. And he says, when my husband begins to act like Ram, I shall <laughs> see him like Ram. Until then, <laughs> I know, I know what his real nature is. You know, it takes it takes both to have that type of devotion requires also that type of nobility. Where where uh, uh, where the husband can be God and the wife can be the goddess like this is, requires uh, quite a bit. But Sita is often pre, pre, uh, is not just often is very much presented this way, and she gives a special blessing that she tolerated so much, right? She she sacrificed so much and tolerated so much. We know uh, willingly, unwillingly, she tolerated so much, and therefore her special shakti is that of tolerance. She gives the pasya shakti. Right, she gives the ability to do tapasya. Um, that's one of her blessings. In, uh, um, Sri Ramakrishna saw Sita in a vision, and in, uh, uh, and it says that in the part of the vision, of course, two things happen as a result of this vision. Interestingly enough, is that he saw her wearing certain bracelets that he's never seen before, and so later when he had bracelets made for Holy Mother. He had them designed like the bracelets that he saw Sita wearing. This is now. This was not a, a known design at the time. This is not the type of the married woman bracelets. But he had it designed 
after the vision of Sita. And he also said that when he had the vision of Sita and she absorbed into him, right, that he, she left him his smile. So Sita, if you look at Sri Ramakrishna smiling, this is an interesting, that's what he said, that she, she left me her, her, her smile. Interesting. So at the end of the story, right, um, uh, let me make sure I get this. Oh, this is an interesting thing. There's okay. Well, we'll have, we have to tell one of the, the the difficult stories of the banishment of Sita, right? That when after they came back and she was tested and they came they came back to Ayodhya, Rama heard or overheard or some it was reported to him. You know the story of a washerman, who um, uh, uh, who made some comment that oh oh don't think I'm like Ram. Right, that you can just go to anybody, you can go to any man you want, and I'll just overlook it. I'm not weak like Ram. He made a statement like this, right? And it got back to him. Ram realized he know, even though he knew Sita was innocent of any wrongdoing, living in Rama's and Ravana's house, uh, uh, that, that the story goes that in, in the, the the core story that she was he exiled in order to protect the reputation of the kingdom, like this, right? So that washerman, there's a there's an interesting backstory, very strange, like that you get with these all kinds of new uh, stories you probably haven't heard. Um, uh, uh, Sita herself, as the story goes, was uh, cursed, right? To, uh, to, uh, and so she was playing with two, uh, let me see if I get this right. Mm. She caught a pair of birds when she was young. And the birds were, the birds were talking about Lord Ram, how wonderful Lord Ram is. And of course she could, being earth goddess, she could understand what birds are saying, right? Uh, um, uh, uh, and she, uh, and the female bird was pregnant, right? And 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 and, Sita, and and requested Sita, I'm pregnant. Please let me go, right? But, pre, but Sita wouldn't let her go. She wanted to play with the bird. So the bird cursed her. Like when you're pregnant, you'll be separated from your husband. So there's a story like it's interesting that you actually every all these stories are always there's always a story that leads to it, right? You see, uh, um, even like um, like you know when Draupadi called out to Krishna and and had unlimited cloth, like this, right? But there's this, there's a backstory to that that too, as Sri Ramakrishna says that there was once a sadhu bathing in the river in public and his kopan uh, came off. And he was embarrassed to come up not knowing what to do, so she tore some sari and gave him. Right? So th that karma led to this karma, this karma leads to this. There's always all these intricate stories. So, anyways, it's interesting. So, that, that male bird, interesting enough, was born as a washerman. That's why I wanted to bring it up. That washerman who talking. So, he, he's, had a, he's not happy with Sita. <laughs> but, so, anyway, so the, I, I, uh, in this it says Sita is Kali, right? That's the main thing. So, in the Adyatma Ramayana and other versions, there's a version of Ramayana where Ravana, how many heads does Ravana have? Ten. Only ten? That's not a very big Ravana. There was other Ravanas where Ravana had 10,000 heads. <laughs> right? You know, it's like, and, and th there's a, a good story, which I don't have time to tell, but I'm going to tell anyways, uh, where I have, so one time Hanuman, it was at the end of the, it's at the end of Ramlila, 
right? And Ram's famous ring, you know, the famous ring, where did you get the ring fame, right? <laughs> falls off because, you know, Ram is, you know, Sita's not cooking for him anymore, so it falls off. And it goes down into a crack. And he says, Hanuman, go get my ring. And Ram, Hanuman becomes really small and jumps in. And he falls miles and miles. And he, and he lands on a pile of golden rings, all with Ram's insignia. This is unusual. And he looks up, and there he sees Lord Ram and Sita on a, th- a golden throne. Right? Now, this is also unusual. And Ram says, actually, in every age, every Treta Yuga, I come, I'm born on this, on planet Earth. But millions of planets, I'm being born. Robin is being born. I'm being born. You are also being born. Right? You know, different people play Hanuman's part. You know, that, that's a way of justifying the, some, the, the variations of the stories. Could just be the change of story, or there's a different Leela, a different story. Right? Um, and so, and, and, and every, at the end of every Leela, I tell you, I lose my ring, and I tell you, this is how I, I let you know. I let you, I let you in on the secret that, that, that is coming to a close. So in this, in this version of the Ramayana, this time, Ravana had 10,000 heads, and Sita waited for her year to Ram, come, kill, come, come rescue me, right? Give him the glory. And as, as the dutiful, uh, obedient, and, and adoring wife that she pretends to be in the story, right? And Ram, Rama can't kill Ravana. And even in the regular Ramayana, Rama, Ravana is not easy to kill. He's actually quite glorious, right? He's, he has, right, he's performed much tapasya. And I always like to think there's one scene in Valmiki's Ramayana when Ram first sees Ravana on the battlefield, dressed in white and silver. He's like, wow. He's impressive, right? That's regular, only 10-headed Ravana. Imagine 10,000-headed Ravana. And so Sita couldn't kill Ravana. This is the problem. I mean, Sita could always kill Ravana. Ram cannot, I'm ready to ruin the story before I tell, well, I'm telling the story. I'm not a good storyteller today. Um, Rav, uh, uh, Rama couldn't kill. And so finally Sita goes, okay, enough of this. Right? And she manifests uh, as, as Ma Kali. And then she kills the ten thousand, kills all the ten thousand heads of Ravana, of right? And then goes back to being Sita, right? So also, but also within this story, there's of course it's a beautiful, it's a neat story. I we, I always first heard the story. There's um, the Milk Daddy Baba, that Milk, remember Milk Baba? You ever, you ever, ever be here? There was a, I think he's passed away, an elderly sadhu, big big. He had longer jatta than Ananda. He had um. um like he was like five feet tall, but his jatta was like nine or ten feet, you know. <laughs> Across the whole room, you know, and he gave a beautiful. He only drank milk. So it was known as uh, milk uh, duttari baba or milk baba, like was his tapasya for so many years. But he also he told us that story. He said in Kali, "Oh, this is Sita's rupa, right?" He like you know he so he told him we never we've never heard this story. Like he's the first many years ago we've heard heard the story. So, but also shows you. Let's bring it back to to, to the Indrani Shachi. She's the wife. Right? And, and she's glorified for her humility, her patience, her dedication, her obedience, her um, almost, uh, um, uh, yeah, just the, 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 but who is she really? Right? She's playing this part, but she's, she is the Shakti. Right? To say she's the Shakti of Ram means she's the Shakti of Ram. Without, I mean, there is no Ram without her. Ram, just like there's no Shiva without Shakti, there's no Ram without Sita. Like this. <clears throat> what time is it now? Anybody know? Six oh eight. Six oh eight. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Swami Vivekananda, he believed. He he, he made a statement that if that um. 
Some of Vivekananda loves Sita. You could actually do if he has. Uh, uh, I had a small book, a little, you know, a little collection of all Famaji's statements about Sita. Right, he was the ideal, and you can see it's tricky. It's the ideal of woman, of Indian womanhood. I was like, oh great, another another person telling Indians to be obedient, women to be obedient and worship their husband like that. But all those qualities plus strength, nobility, all the all the qual he 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 illustrated all these qualities uh, 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 of of he he made what was the statement? He said that if that. If all the literature of the past and the world literature in the future were thoroughly exhausted, if you search all the world's literature, you'll never find anybody like Sita. He thought the, cult, the, 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 the character of Sita was so singularly, singularly unique. Right? Then he says, in the direct quote, all our mythology may vanish, even the Vedas can be made apart, and our Sanskrit language can be, can be forgotten forever. But as long as there will be five Hindus living, uh, there'll be five, as long as five Hindus are still alive, there'll be, Sita will be the ideal. Uh, he considered that foundational to Indian psychology, Indian, the very heart of, uh, like this. So these are two. Now we have the third, I think we'll, we have time to uh, plow through. No pun, no pun intended to plow. <laughs> I'll Sita through the. <laughs> But you see, see, I mean, the, the plowing is a very fascinating image. You get to something quickly. You, you, you know, it's very fascinating. And very good exercise. Hmm? Very good exercise. <laughs> I imagine. And then sati. So anybody know what sati means? First, it's a name for name for Parvati's first incarnation, right? Before is Parvati. Self immolation. Well, it's become it's uh, there's a there is sati as a verb, right? Uh, the, uh, but actually, sati the 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 true root of the word it has two meaning. One is same. We get the word sat, or satya means truth. So sat, sati is a feminine word for truth, one like that. But a more common meaning that's a, like a classic Sanskrit Vedic meaning, right? A more common meaning that of like good, faithful, um, noble. Right, so like sati is is a, a sati is a title for a, a noble woman, or in connection a noble wife or a faithful wife is sati, right? Uh, but the the root the root of the word goes further back to to um to just truth itself, right? And in this and and so sati is the first. Of course, that's a little. It's easier to connect sati with kali than the other goddesses that we're mentioning, because it's kali is considered. A form, and what in certain stories she's a form of sati or parvati. These are more more obvious connections, as the as the shakti are connected to Shiva. <clears throat> so so uh, sati is the daughter of, who? Daksha. Daksha, Daksha and Prasuti. Prasuti, I read it down. Prasuti, Prasuti, the the wife of, of Daksha, and Daksha is a prajapati. A prajapati is a we get the word progeny. Right, progenerator, you know. Uh, so these are, we don't have exactly, I guess, I don't know, in Western tradition, we don't have any, quite something like a progenerator. But you have, you have, you have a, a secondary, uh, like even Brahma is, he's, he's the, he's, his name is Prajapati also, right? He's the original Prajapati, the one who, who creates the world, but then he creates progenerators of mankind. Certain when you create, 
you create rishis, you create devas, you create, you know, so the, this is the way the, the Vedic idea or the pranic idea of how creation comes. And so Daksha was a very early, he's Prajapati Daksha, and he was in charge of creating civilization, right? Uh, 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 um, and especially like Brahminical culture, like Orthodox, uh, Brahminical Orthodoxy, the, the, the Vedic, we could think of Vedic civilization, we, we have that ideal, uh, whatever that means, whatever it ever meant. Right, that Prajapati Daksha was the creator of that, and he had many daughters, and he proposed. So, anyways, he um, um, uh, 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 he, knowing what he needed to do, he prayed. He's a son of Brahma, right? And he 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 knew, in order to do what he needed to do, he needed the blessings of Parashakti, of the supreme power, right? And so he did tapasya, thousands of years tapasya. And, and had a vision of Parashakti, the Jagannath, the mother of the world. And he says, please, you, he requested you, he knew who she was. That's what makes the story so painful, right? He knew she was the goddess that he invoked for a particular purpose, right? He knew he needed that Shakti, that she needed, because without Shakti, without power, without Shiva and Shakti, there's no world, there's no, there, there is nothing. You need the original uh, Shakti, the Adi Shakti, Adi Shakti, Adi Shakti. And so she agreed. He says, I will be born as your daughter, as one of your daughters, mm. right? Uh, uh, but if I ever feel insulted, mm. I shall leave. Mm. Very interesting. That's a very that's a big shakta, a good mm. message for shaktism in general, right? Mm. And for basic behavior in general. If you, and that's the thing is that when shakti is insulted, she leaves, right? Right? I will leave, and I shall. She even says, "I'll disown you." That's a very strong language, right? And she's okay. May it be so. Please be born as my daughter. Or please be born. And so, she's born and grows grows up in his house, right? And but what happens? There's a whole series of stories, but um, uh, uh, Daksha Prajapati Daksha is a, is a devotee of Vishnu, because Vishnu is Satvaguna. He is the Lord of the Brahminical culture. Gobramanahitaya. Right, the Lord of the Brahmins, the loved, beloved of the Brahmins, lover of the Brahmins, of the sattvic culture, right? And so he's, see, he, and, and there's a whole series of things, how Shiva, there's a fight between Shiva and Brahma, who is his father, the whole story. But whatever, how you ever get there, he ends up hating Shiva. And we all know, we all seen the movies. I saw 800 and something volumes of how much he hated Shiva. <laughs> whole summer, a couple summers of just, just, uh, how much he really hated Shiva. So, um, <clears throat> but she was born to marry Shiva, right? She he was invo- He did tapasya to get her to be born to marry Shiva, but now he hates Shiva as a whole for whatever reason, right? And he's trying to fight like this. But of course, we all know she marries Shiva, right? And 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 he's not pleased with it, and so many insults back and forth. But uh, 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 but eventually, uh, actually, one of the 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 the, the I won't, there's, too, there's too many stories to tell. I won't tell that story. We all know this. We all know that at one point she she goes off to to be live with with Lord Shiva, and Daksha decides to perform a grand sacrifice. Right, uh, Daksha's yagya. Right, Daksha, and one of her name, one of Kali's name is Daksha Yagnya Vinashini, the destroyer of Daksha's sacrifice. So we have to. This is how the story is told. Right. So he performs, but he's he's doing it to purposely insult Shiva. 
he's doing a ritual to insult Shiva, right? And it's interesting because right, we'll go. There's deep meaning to this, right? And in a certain sense, by so doing, to insult Shak, uh, uh, Sati, and she doesn't. He invites all the gods and goddesses and doesn't invite Shiva, right? And so Sati sees in the Bhagavatam. There's a very nice version of the story from the Bhagavatam, um, where Sati notices all these. Uh, uh, Aerial uh, uh, spaceships. <laughs> we'll use that language for the too much history channel. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's gotten ridiculous. But anyway, uh, uh, aerial um, the uh, what's, what's chariot? Think of the word. I'm looking for chariot. Flower, golden flying chariot. What does it say like that? As I mentioned, and, and he sees all the gods are all dressed up with their wives, and they're going somewhere. They're going towards their home. He says, "What? Something must be going on." Right, what's happening? And Shiva says, "Don't worry about what's happening. Doesn't matter. Let, doesn't matter what's happening. Right? We're not going. Uh, only pain. Even if you investigate, it's going to be pain, painful. Right? He's only insulted me like that. But she really wanted to go. Right? She finds out. Oh, he, he's. We can go. No, we cannot. It's not good. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. No, no, I'm not invited. You should never go. We're not invited. It's a good message. Don't worry about it. We're not wanted. Probably not to go. He said, but I'm. At least I can go. Right? Because I'm the daughter of the house, and the daughter of the house can always go home." That's a, that's, a, that's a Vedic injunction, right? It's, it's a cultural norm and a scriptural injunction, right? That the daughter of the house is always welcome. I was told actually two things, that uh, you can always, the uh, daughter can always go to the father's house and the disciple can always go to the guru's ashram without restriction. That's generally, the, these are two principles. You always said that. I was, when I was told, I, I was, I'd always write before going to our ashram in India, I'd always write, with your permission, Guruji, I'm coming. He's like, you know, like you have, you're, you don't need to ask to come. Just like the daughter, our daughters would not have to ask to come home to visit our house. You know, so same same principle. So she, so she decides to go, and of course we know the story. He's uh, Shiva is very much insulted, uh, and therefore she hears the insult of Shiva, and uh, uh, and we know that she. But the thing is, there's an interesting thing. She is one of her name is Dakshiani. Right, the daughter of Daksha, and Daksha is, represents civilization, right? The rules and standards of Dharma, of of of, of Varnashram Dharma, right? The rules that he wrote, he wrote these rules, so he's very attached. And Shiva is famous for following none of these rules, right? <laughs> and actually, so Shiva, he he doesn't follow any rules. He's he, what what's his Varna, what's his lineage, what's his Gotra? Right, his behavior. He doesn't. He's, he doesn't dress. Doesn't dress up. He doesn't dress. Right. He has unkempt hair. He, sorry, he, look, he, look, he looks like him. <laughs> Your glory. Or you look like him. <laughs> you look. You look like. You look like Shiva. Uh, 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 uh. I can say that now because I shaved my my jata off. But I used to look a little bit more like him. Um, and she couldn't. Anybody else would insult Shiva. Parashakti would destroy them. Right? But she couldn't because she is in the system. She is the daughter of Daksha and therefore bound by the rules of uh, the filial principles of child to parent and like this, right? And so insult after insult, she kept fighting and threatening and crying and screaming all the different. I mean, it goes over several seasons if you watch it on the watch the TV version. Of it, right? <laughs> right? You know, it's like, but but she couldn't. She 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 could never, because 
in this body, she's a daughter of Daksha, right? And the relationship is there, right? So, so it's very confusing. Why did she com commit sati as sati as a verb? Why did she burn herself up? Because she freed, she even said, in one of the versions, it exactly says, when I'm free of this body, then, uh, then I'll have no, no connection to you. Then, then I can do what I want. Right now I have to do what you want. I'm your daughter. And the father has some say. Right? And so when she gave up her body, what happened? Right? Then, of course, she, gave up, she, gave, she burned up her body, however we think, how we, the inversion of the story. And Shiva went wild with grief and anger. And he started his, one of the versions of the Tandava dance, right? And he grabbed one of his... There's two versions of the story. One, he grabbed, uh, uh, he grabbed one of his jatta and threw it down. And poof, came a very fierce form called uh, Virabhadra. Virabhadra was uh, uh, 10 arms or 10,000 arms, however you want to think of it, right? And he says, go kill... Um, uh, destroy that sacrifice and kill Daksha. Right, so that's one version of the story. Another version of the story has him creating two, tearing off two of his jatta, and creating Virabhadra and Badrakali, these two forms, and saying go kill Daksha. Right, they're both basically the same story, but one of them, the version, so the verse where he he when he go tells Virabhadra go kill, but see Vishnu, this gets me very, it's always very complicated. <laughs> gets it gets more complicated. Daksha is a devotee of Vishnu. And he had elicited a boon from Vishnu due to his wonderful work of organizing society, a hypermedical Vaishnava-oriented society, right? And the thing is that if, if ever I'm in need, you'll have to come and protect me, right? So when Virabhadra was about to kill Daksha, Vishnu had to, although he knew Daksha had a coming, Vishnu tied um, uh, uh, Virabhadra up, right? It was a rope, divine rope, a snake, or something like that, some, some divine weapon, right? And so in Shiva, realizing this, he broke off a second and created uh, Badrakali, go free Virabhadra. So she goes and with her sword, cuts off the ropes of Virabhadra and together they kill. Either way, they both end up killing um, um, uh, uh, um, Daksha. Now it's interesting, as Dakshani, as Sati, he, she couldn't. She couldn't even talk back to her. She could barely talk back to her, to her, to her husband. Right, what um, to her father, but as Kali now as Badra Kali, right, free of those things as the wild Kali, the Shakti behind everything, no longer bound, no longer restricted by society's rules, even religion's rules, right. Um, Daksha was obliterated. I mean, like what what happens that they they cut off his head like uh, like an animal sacrifice, an animal sacrifice we do to Kali or Virabhadra, right. Sometimes in some South Indian temples, you'll see chained in the back of the temple, in the southern, southern corner, southwest corner of the temple, deities of Virabhadra and Bhadrakali. And they'll be chained because they're so wild. So that, you know, you have to keep them under control. Sometimes they're also like the gatekeepers of temples, sometimes in the front. But uh, uh, this idea of Virabhadra and Bhadrakali. Hmm. When, when in, this, in the version where Kali, Badra Kali cuts off the, um, the, the bonds of Virabhadra, Virabhadra is the one that kills Shiva in that version of the story. Mm -hmm. But she now has more power because of Kali. Once again, showing that Chakti is the power behind something. He, he, he didn't have the power to do it on his own. With Kali, Virabhadra can, with Kali, he, he can do the, 
to the thing. So we, many years ago, in our Bhagavatam classes, many, many, many years ago, we told the elaborate <laughs> long story of the uh, Daksha sacrifice, as the version as presented in the Bhagavatam. And that's become the most famous version, right? There's many versions of the story in a lot of details. And so I have probably 20 talks on, on that story. So if you go back into the, if you're interested, it's a really fascinating topic. And especially because there's a tension, part of it is a tension between and certain between um, um, society and and Shiva, right? The, the 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 freedom of Shiva comes in contact with the rules of Vedic. In a certain sense, it's it's a conflict between the Vedic tradition. You could say it like this, if we're careful how we say it, the Vedic tradition and um, you could say a pre-Vedic tradition or a late tantric tradition or something like. You, there's some version you could say like this. You can also, it's between Shaivism and Tantran Shaivism, Tantric Shaivism and Vaishnavism, which tends to be more brahminical, right? So there's, it's, and there's many, we, we could, we could spend hours and hours, we have spent hours and hours talking ab about this uh, understanding of the story, right? But it's interesting that as, uh, that, that as, Daksh, as the daughter of Daksha, she, nothing could be done, right? In the, in, in the, Devi, in the Srimad Bhavatam version, The two sides curse each other in the before they all get their heads cut off, right? That the uh, Daksha and his uh, attendants, they curse Shiva and his attendants, right? During the part of the battle, right? And they curse each other. One of which, the, 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 the Shiva and his attendants curse Daksha and his descendants, which is society and Brahminical culture, right? That you'll lose all your spiritual qualities. And now everything will be done just for money and for your stomach. And you can see that's our big accusation of the religious, the Brahminical class. Or, or in, in, you know, we think, oh, they're doing from, you know, you have ministers to $100 million in America and, and bank accounts. You know, with, you know that's, these are extreme cases. But even you say, oh, you know, it's like people, you know, you can see some, you know, uh, Panditji, can you offer a flower? Give me 100 rupees. You know, it becomes, that, it becomes the accusation or the real nature. It's become degenerated like this. And, and Daksha cursed, Daksha's attendants cursed Shiva's attendants that you'll be fo your followers will follow false teaching, mm -hmm. means the Tantras, in case you're wondering. <laughs> right? Because from their perspective, the Tantras, right, which don't follow the Brahminical structure, right, are false. These are heretical teachings. They're not based upon the Vedas. Something not based upon the Vedas is by nature heresy. Right? This, is, this is Ashtika, not Nashtika. Right? So it's interesting. You see that they, in, in that, those verses, Right, these final, these two, three verses when they're cursing each other, the the the, the leftover after Daksha has been killed, they start cursing each other. Um, uh, uh, um, I think in those curses give the nature of the struggle between the orthodoxy and the and the and the. Um, I'm saying I'm not saying none. The Tantras are orthodox in a different way. You know what I mean. So. There's much to say. There's, I'll end with in, in the story of how Sati is literally Kali. This is a late tantric. Since we've already established the true authenticity or the or the or the uh, uh, heresy of the tantra, we shall quote the tantras boldly, whichever way you want to take it, as reject immediately or accept unquestionably. This is your choice, right? <laughs> so, in one of the versions of the story, see, this is often attributed to Parvati, but some versions in the 
Um, Kalika Purana, this is a story is attributed more to Parvati, where Parvati, and, but in, 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 um, in the um, uh, Vamana Purana is attributed, the same epithet is attributed to Sati. That Sati, the Parvati or Sati originally dark-skinned, and one of her names is Kali. Right? So Kali means black or dark. Right? And in their playfulness, Shiva would tease her about her skin. And she got very upset. And either remember what she did to Pasya or she like that. And she took on a golden form Gori. Kali becomes Gori, light skinned. Right? There's a lot of things we can discuss, think about that. But uh, um, so that's one one thing that that literally Parvati and and Sati are both named Kali in the Puranas. Like in the Kalika Purana, when I first read Kalika Purana, right? Um, I thought, oh, this is a story about Kali, like this. Right? It's a story. It's a story of Parvati because Parvati's name is Kali. Right, one of her names. It tells the story how Parvati went from Kali to Gauri, and like this. Right. So related to this story, when Sati wanted to go to the um, um, uh, what's it called uh, to the yagya to Daksha's sacrifice, Shiva was trying to stop her. Right, and she was very upset. I want to go. I want to go. I want to go. Right, and Shiva said no. Right, and at one point she gets very angry, and Shiva gets scared. Right, because you know it's like I'm going, you can't, because her nature is Parashakti. Of course, to the story, she knew what had Daksha had to be killed. This is a Leela that this has to happen, right? And now Shiva is in the in the way because Shiva knows why kills, why let the system go on, let 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 Daksha do what he wants. What does it matter what Daksha's doing? We're in Kailash. He's in, he's in, in actually, where is he? He's in um, Hadwar. <laughs> Not that far, <laughs> over a few mountain ranges. But let, let him do what he's doing. Let that world, the known world, is Hadwar and, and, and Kailash at the time. Um, let him do what he what he wants. But no, no, he needs. So, no, I'm going, right? And she gets very upset. And then Shiva doesn't know what to do, and he goes in some direction. And Kali, so Sati becomes dark like Kali, right? She becomes black in her anger, right? And Shiva gets scared and he goes to run away right from his shakti right right and he goes towards the east and she takes on one form with the weapons she goes and he turns to the north he takes on another form with the weapons and the south another form of the weapons i'll tell you which ones <laughs> see if you recognize any of this it's worth it So she goes to the east and she becomes uh, Sodashi, right? Chipurasundri, but the fierce form, right? She goes towards the southeast, where southeast, over here, right? She becomes uh, uh, Chinamasta, takes on the form of Chinamasta. Then she takes on the form of Bhuvaneshwari, Matangi, Bhagalamukhi, Dumavati, Kamala, uh, uh, um, Tada, above as Kali and below as Bhairavi. Right, in all directions. So this is where we get the Dashmahavid. This is, of course, Dashmahavidjas as a collection, the collection of deities, a fairly late addition to the tantric uh, canon. But this is a very interesting where where Sati literally is Kali and literally is the Dashmahavidjas. Right. This is also, so, and actually, we worship when we're doing special pujas within the. We have the directional deities of Indra, Agni, Yama. You know, like we go around like that. But that we all we worship them also. But more esoterically, more internally, we worship the Dashmah Vidyas in the Ten Directions. Right? We're surround- and there's Kavacha Mantra described, May Kali protect me from behind me, Dumabhati from, from, you know, you, you surround yourself. Because we are approaching, of course, they're not protecting Shiva. 
they're attacking Shiva, <laughs> right? And Shiva goes, okay, you can go with you, you can do what you want, you can do what you want, right? Because you realize that I have no, you, you, have, you were born for this purpose, right? Like, so I'm free like that. Another last point I want to, I wanna, because we'll move on and I won't be able to go back to this. So I'm going a few minutes late. Um, is is uh, uh, Sati and Parvati, why, does, why did Daksha invoke her to the first, in the first place? Right. Um, Shiva needs Shakti. Shiva in the stories is an ascetic. He's a world-renouncing yogi, right? And he sits in the Himalayan cave like this, his legs in, in, in Padmasana, not touching the floor, literally not touching the floor, right? And he closes his eyes and he sees nothing, right? He ignores Pakriti completely, right? He's only, it's pure consciousness, or absorbed in consciousness. Within that is, is in, even the power to be absorbed in pure consciousness is Shakti, is an inherent Shakti, right? But if, if Purusha does not engage Pakriti, Pakriti cannot become, cannot create, Right, you, it takes just like Sati, like like Sita was the earth and sky and the earth together, right? So Shiva and Shakti is required. So you need Shak when Shak when Purusha, like in Shankta, in the Shankya philosophy, Purusha in connection with Pakriti causes Pakriti to vibrate, and there and therefore the evolutes begin. So in a similar way, when when in Shiva is conscious of Pakriti of Pakriti or of Devi, right? Devi flows, and so when Shiva is meditating with his eyes closed, everything freezes. Right, no heat. Right, he's in the Himalayas. There's no, but you see when they're together, what happens? Me- ice melts. You have rivers. You have fields with wheat growing and sugarcane and banana trees and you know it's like you have the, the and so the purpose of, of invoking the birth of of, of, of the Adyashakti as Sati and then later as Parvati is to make Shiva in the story as a householder. Right, he has to be. He has to become interested in in Shakti, right? And so he tried. He was reluctant in the stories, and he accepted. and And look what happened, right? He, I mean, he Sati is now dead, and he, you know, the whole thing, right? And so what happens again? He goes into ten thousand years of meditation. Forget it. I have my own Shakti. This is his own Shakti. I can just meditate on my own Shakti. That's when you close your eyes. It's not not no Shakti. The Shakti is within, not manifested, right? But that. What the gods needed, you know, pretty soon you have, you know, the Kamadev and the whole thing tried to wake him up and Parvati is taken birth. And now we have to get him to be interested in Shakti again, externalize Shakti again. And the stories become a householder. And, 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 and with that union of Shiva and Shakti, there's life, there's prosperity, there's birth, um, there's movement like this. So that there's, these, are, these are some of the themes behind, behind the whole thing. So that Shachi, Sat, Sita, and Sati. And Sati. Right, these are the three, and then the final name we just the is Satya Parayana. We just end with this. Satya Parayana. This is the whole. This is Parayana is to recite. Parayana is the goal. Right, it's a, it's a different word. Right, the goal of something. So, uh, the support, the rest, the relief, the final aim, the final end, the thing you aim at, the destin destination. She is the she Kali is Devi, whose name is all these names and another. 800, another 800, almost 800 names coming up, um, um, 750 names, names coming up. She, the, why are we studying all these names? Why are we thinking about, why are all these stories told? Why are all these rituals done? Why this long, boring talk on three uh, uh, strange goddesses, uh, uh, strange stories about popular goddesses? She's the goal of everything, 
right? She's the she's she's the uh, the aim and object, as our Guruji would say. You know, the thing we're after, the thing that everything's moving for. That you know, she is she is the truth. That she's such a she's such a parayana. She's the goal. She's in truth the goal. You can say like that, or she's the truth that we're after. When we're thinking, oh, we're seekers of truth. We will know the self. We want you know. These are these are all descriptions of that truth, right? She, the goal of our the goal of our life, our, our 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 the reason for our being, the reason for our study, the reason for our aspiration. She is that satya parayana. So I recite the last verse, the same verse. Aparna nischala lola sarva veja tapasvini ganga kashi, and then today, shachi sita sati. Satya Parayana, verse 28. Thank you for your patience and kind attention. Um, so I don't know, I haven't looked forward what the next verse is. but I, We're just getting good, actually. The verses get, the, the Kali Sasanam gets, 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 gets pretty good. It's been pretty good, but it gets really good. Jai Ma, Jai Ma, Jai Ma. And only eight minutes late, which actually means an hour and eight minutes, uh, 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 38 minutes late, but... <laughs> Hmm? Oh yeah, the light tonight's the clock's changed. That's right. That means it gets dark even earlier, right? No. Well, yeah, in the afternoon, yeah. but in the morning it'll be light more like earlier. 16, yeah. Right, you know, yeah. Or two a.m. which is technically. Already. Yeah. Are